welcome to the Real Politics Podcast, where politics meets Virginia real estate. In this podcast, the Virginia Realtors Government Relations Team discusses issues that impact your business, down from Capitol Square and straight to you. We are broadcasting from the James Center Studios overlooking the Virginia State Capitol. I'm Martin Johnson, the Virginia Realtors Senior Vice President of Government Relations. Hi, and I'm Mary Lawson, the Virginia Realtors Director of Legislative Relations. So today, Mary and I are joined by Mary Bros Vaughn, who was appointed back in the fall to be the new Director of the Department of Professional and Occupational Regulation, or DPOR as most of us call it. Mary, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Really glad to be here. Well, why don't you start, because I know you've been in DPOR for a while. In fact, you and I have known each other for many years. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about... Uh, how you came to be the director and your role as the director. Well, I have been at DPOR now for 17 years. I started in a uh, communications and government relations role because of my background working with the legislature. Um, I started as a legislative aide for a member of the state senate. And I've really enjoyed my time at DPOR in those capacities, um, working with the media and working with the legislature and um, getting to know all the various things that we do as a you know, so-called umbrella agency for um, a number of professions, obviously, including right. real estate. And um, as I've grown with the agency and taken on more responsibility, what I've learned is that no two days are the same. And so... As I took on responsibility for overseeing um, the regulatory programs across the board, um, those responsibilities challenged me more and more, and and I worked under a variety of directors. Um, I became acting director during this most recent session, and then the governor, I was honored to be appointed in September. Cool. And it's been very exciting. Right. Now, how many licensees do you regulate at DPOR? About 310,000 individuals and businesses. Wow. And so real estate licensees are about 80,000 ish. That's right. That's right. In a given day. So you cover the whole landscape from, uh, or I should say, DPOR from. Real estate licensees to builders to professional wrestlers That's to right. MMA to cemetery salespeople right. to architects and design professionals. Cool. To, you know, that's what makes. Um, the the job's so interesting. I, whenever you're fielding media inquiries, you know, it could be anything from an MMA inquiry to right. something about real estate to obviously contractors and um, everything in between. So it does make for an exciting day. A lot going on. Yeah. So the role of the General Assembly. So you have been, until this year, the point person with members of the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. So a bill comes up before a committee that deals with cemeteries. You're in the room, and they can ask you questions about it or a position from the administration or the governor's official position, whatever that may be. Is that pretty much day in, day out, what you do during the session? Yes, and outside of session, from a constituent service perspective, we're offering um, technical assistance, right. um, which, again, I've always enjoyed because of my background initially in a constituent service capacity. It's always been very important to me to be a resource for elected officials and their constituents in providing that kind of assistance. Um, it's important to me that government you know, be seen as a transparent resource for right. everybody. And um, you know, I, I certainly pride myself on making sure that DPOR is seen that way. And this year is going to be definitely a lot of changes. New speaker, 
the Senate went over to Democratic control. What are your guys' big priorities? Did that change at all after the election? Well, certainly our approach to being seen as a responsive, objective resource doesn't change at all. What is a an opportunity now, of course, with new members in particular, is the opportunity to, probably not during session, uh, to educate them about the administrative process, because that is something that not a lot of folks are familiar with. You know, we have legislation that passes in broad strokes, as it should. And then, of course, the boards at DPOR, working with our partners, like we are, work out the details through the regulatory process. And that process is detailed, and that's where it takes time. And it's designed to take time. It's not designed to be fast. I mean, right. our, our sessions are blessedly short. Right. But the public participation occurs during the regulatory process. And it's important, I've learned over the years, to help members understand that because sometimes there's a misunderstanding about why is it taking so long for regulations to go into effect. And there are lots of reasons for that. Some of them very good ones. Again, the public participation, the opportunity to get those details right. Mm -hmm. So I think part of that is, just as an observation, I always say to people that I take a lot of pride and why I appreciate working in Virginia and in the legislature is because we can get things done in a relatively short amount of time compared to our friends up north, right? Washington takes years and years and years. But you bring up a good point. Just because we have an efficient and speedy process also doesn't undermine the challenge of making sure we get it right. Because the last thing we want to do is to pass a bill or a regulation that has an unintended consequence or doesn't do really what we what we want for it to do, right? That can be sometimes worse than just trying to get it done quickly the first time. Absolutely. So. I think it's a really well-balanced process because then if, if we do get it wrong or have an unintended consequence, and we've worked with, with you all a lot to right. do this sometimes where the session is a really good opportunity to fix something mm-hmm. if you know that's the faster way than the regulatory process if we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the regulatory process is really the better way to work out the, the detailed ways of enumerating and spelling out, um, uh, you know, how licensees, you know, need to have standards of conduct and so forth. You know, we don't want to do that through the statutory code. But again, it's, um, I think, a well-balanced process, the, the shorter session that's more fast-paced, and then the regulatory process. And speaking of the regulatory process, we're in what, about year one of the review? Yes, we're about between halfway and two-thirds through our our regulatory review. And why don't you give our members tell us how that's going, what they can look forward to happening, and when the end result will be? So all of our boards at DPOR um, are at some point in some form of regulatory review, which we undergo to make sure that our regulations are keeping up with industry trends, are as um, easy to understand as they can be, um, which is somewhat subjective, we understand that, Um, as least burdensome as possible while still protecting the public since that's, of course, the purpose. And so the Regulatory Review Committee of the Real Estate Board is, I'd say, about two-thirds of the way through the entire set of regulations. 
Um, we anticipate probably two more meetings of that regulatory review committee. So the board should be able to, probably by its May meeting, finalize those recommendations to go out for what we call the NORA, that Notice of Intended Regulatory Action, which begins the formal process of amending the regulations. And we have not only some of our members that serve on the real estate board, but have also been appointed to help with this undertaking. We also have Aaron Barton who's our Deputy Legislative Counsel, who's working directly with you and your team to make sure that anything that the Virginia Association of Realtors wants to bring forward, we're coordinating with all of our local associations to make sure we bring those concerns within one package versus having 28 different local associations all submit comments. Um, you like that approach? You think yes, it's working very well? much. Good. Very much. Um, it's, you know, obviously keeps everything well coordinated and ensures that we don't get too far down the road and have missed something right. that could be problematic, um, which again, doesn't mean that as we then undergo that formal part of the regulatory review process, that there aren't going to be additional changes and opportunities for comment. Um, but we hope then that what we put forth is in as good a position to be commented on as it can be. Right. So let's shift just a little bit. You are now the head of a very large state agency. You've been there long enough to kind of see its ins and outs and what works and what doesn't work um, and understanding that everybody has to live under limits, right? So we can all have our wish list and then things that need to get done and maybe things need to get done quicker. What are going to be some of the things that you're going to be undertaking as the new director? What kind of talk to us about the next couple of months and what that looks like under the Mary Bros. Vaughan administration? So I enjoy having the institutional knowledge to bring to this challenge, but I'm also really excited about charting a, a new course in that way. I mean, working with, you know, some colleagues who've been there much longer than I, but then, you know, bringing in new folks to really focus on strategic governance, an area that I think we've not really been able to focus on for a while. I think we've really been, as an agency, just, you know, having our heads down and, and focused on the work at hand. And so being able to add to the leadership team some folks who can really take that longer view and allow us to focus on where we want to be going as an agency and with our boards. In October, we had, for the first time in as long as I can remember, an all-board member training off-site to be able to give not just new members, but folks who, you know, experienced board members, Joe Funkhauser, you know, came and, and gave part of the talk, for example, to really help our board members understand their roles and responsibilities and, you know, how they fit into, obviously, helping us move forward. So those types of focus. But the main area is certainly technological advancement and being able to move forward with private sector partners to make the progress we need to on an IT front. Um, you know, it, it's no secret to anyone that we don't have the technological capability right now to serve external customers or our internal customers. Right. I mean, I assure you, our internal staff is as frustrated as anyone with our current state of affairs. And so... Toward that end, my, my third real area of focus is uh, employee development and engagement and that kind of professional opportunity because we've got some really, really great folks in, in state service who are really committed to providing exceptional customer service 
and it's pretty demoralizing for them when they don't have the tools to be able to do that. And so um, those are are really my main areas of focus, and I really want to as you all know, because you can see me and you know me. Um, I am a natural redhead. I'm naturally sort of impatient, <laughs> and um, I'm kind of known for that. That stereotype holds true, so I'm excited to move forward quickly on, on those areas. That's super. That's yeah. super. Well, a lot of our members, as much as they, I'm sure, would love to see you want to keep themselves out of the real estate board for violations or that such, what are some of the more common things you see or some tips to make sure they don't find themselves at those real estate board meetings. Although coming to a real estate board meeting is, if one can, certainly an educational opportunity yes. if you find yourself in Richmond. Just because watching the board work and seeing how carefully they consider cases and how seriously they take that responsibility, and I certainly encourage when there are opportunities to serve to put your, your name forward. Our, our board members do an exceptional job. But... If you find yourself on the end of a disciplinary case, it's generally related to earnest money deposits or a quarter of the cases that result in violations are for violating the regulation on submitting things timely to your broker, EMDs, contracts, listing agreements, any of those required documents. That's a quarter of them right there. Another almost 20% are about failing to provide parties timely written notice of material changes to the transaction. So everything else involves generally not acting in the public interest in some capacity. So you're not disclosing as you're supposed to. You're not being upfront about the things that you need to do as a licensee. So in general, you know, be timely. There's no such thing as over-disclosure. And you generally won't find yourself before the board. If you do find yourself subject to a complaint, I would say don't panic. You know, respond to the department's inquiries in a truthful, timely fashion. You know, there are a variety of ways to move through the process if you do find yourself subject to that. Cool. So for all of you that are listening to this podcast, so you heard it here first, um, Mary is going to help us fix the technology was a deep war, um, and we're going to hold her to that, right? Absolutely. Um, no, seriously, we've had a super partnership, not only yeah. us as, as staff that do what we do January, well, it's all 12 months, really. Yeah. We're in constant contact, your team and our team here. So always looking for ways to better the process. And our two organizations have had a long partnership. And so we know that's only going to grow um, and look forward to working with you and congratulate you on your new role. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. That brings us to the end of our episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening to Real Politics Podcast, where politics meets Virginia real estate, down from Capitol Square and straight to you.